Well, hello there. This is Talking Dogs. Lovely to have you with me. I'm Graham Hall, and for 10 years or so, I've been helping humans with their disobedient dogs. I also go by The Dog Father, and you can often find me on Channel 5's Dogs Behaving Very Badly. I know that it can be incredibly frustrating and often disheartening when you feel your dog's got a problem that you just don't know how to solve. So I'm here to give you some advice, put you at ease, and maybe even make you laugh in the process. Last week, I went through the basics of getting your dog out on a walk. Collars, harnesses, leads and the like. Now this week, I want to concentrate on the experience of the walk itself. The first and most important thing to remember is you're not taking your dog for a walk. Oh no, the dog is coming with us on a nice walk. In other words, it's not his walk or her walk, it's your walk. And out of the goodness of your heart, you're taking your little loyal subject with you. You decide where to go, which direction, what speed, where to stop to go to the toilet. That'll be the dog, mainly, not you. Now, most people's walk, of course, isn't really like that, if we're honest. Most walks involve a dog stopping umpteen times to go, Oi, you, human, stop. I want to go to the toilet. It's a lamppost. We go, yeah, go on, then you are a dog, I suppose. So they do it. And then it's like, OK, you may proceed. Next lamppost, stop. OK, OK. Right, well, you may proceed. Stop. You may proceed. Stop. You may proceed. Who's in charge? <laughs> so you should really decide when it's break time. And the thing is, there are places we don't want our dogs to go to the toilet. So it makes sense to me that you walk along. I, I basically, I create two kinds of walking. So we're either on duty. In other words, I'm walking, you're with me, you've got a job to do. It's a dead easy job. All you've got to do is mirror what I'm doing. So we walk, we go wherever I want. And then there comes a point where I go, okay, break time. Now, break time is when you can go to the toilet. So that could be, by the way, when you let your dog off and they go to run around. We'll perhaps talk about recall another time. But it could also be on lead where you go, OK, you know, this is a good place. Have a little sniff around, you know, go there. That's fine. You're going to go to the toilet. Great. Lovely. Fine. All of that. So you then decide when you're going to be walking, when it's break time, as I like to think of it. People will say, well, look, you know, the dog's going to have a walk. Their world is using their nose and sniffing, and that's absolutely right. It doesn't mean that they have to tell you when they're going to sniff all the time. So you must give them plenty of opportunity to stop and sniff and do all that kind of things. But it should be on your terms, not on theirs, right? As you're walking along, it shouldn't become a tug of war. Now, last week we talked about something called opposition reflex. It's what happens when we pull one direction, a dog pulls the other direction. And they do it automatically. They don't think about it. They're not being belligerent. They just go, you pull me, I pull you. And that's the way it is. It's, it's a very instant reaction. So you don't want your walk to become a tug of war. Now, in a lot of traditional dog training classes, and I used to run them myself, we would do heel work. So proper obedience style, competition style heel work, where the dog essentially never looks anywhere other than your face. So they're walking alongside you looking at you. I don't think you need that when you're walking down the high street or in the park, actually. But you do want the dog to be alongside you, willingly walking nicely. The best position is roughly the dog's shoulders alongside your legs. So the, the head, if you think about it, is just very slightly in front of you. Um, but that's fine because dogs, even when they're looking forwards, can actually see slightly behind themselves. They've got a wider field of vision than us. If they're much further forward than that, they get to the point where actually they can't see your legs and they don't care. <laughs> they're leading it. They're going wherever they want and you're just there for the ride. But if you've got them in that right kind of heel work position, then that's a good start. 
from that good start position, a dog often will, will range forward or perhaps off to the side. Now, your natural reaction is going to be to tense up and try and just pull them back into position. As soon as you do that, you'll trigger that automatic reaction to pull against you. So it's really hard for us not to do that because your natural reaction is to give that equal and opposite reaction. The answer is to flick and release. So catch them as they start to go, put a quick flick in and then release. And then if necessary, do it again. Don't forget to praise them when they're in the right position. Otherwise, all you end up doing is nagging. Now, often people say, well, you know, that flick that you've talked about, how do you do that, right, when the lead's already tight? And the smart aleck answer to that is to ask another question, which is, how did it get tight then? <laughs> in other words, you didn't act quickly enough. If you wait until it's already tight and you're already pulling backwards, it's already very difficult. So you've got to get in there quite quickly. Think of it in terms of sending out a signal. So your dog's in the perfect position to start with, you'd hope. As they start to move forward, it's a flick and release. And that flick is like a tap on the shoulder saying, hey, excuse me. Oh, yeah, okay. If they move back, good boy, good girl, whatever. Another way I think of that perfect position alongside is, is what I call the invisible box technique. So let me explain this to you. Imagine that you drew on the ground an invisible box around your dog. Now, the box is bigger than the... The dog. So, and I, I have in the past actually chalked this out on the ground to show people. So, there's a box that allows the dog to move forwards and backwards and side to side a little bit, but it's alongside it. That's their parameters, if you like. That's where they're allowed to be. As soon as their nose goes out the front of that invisible box, that's when you put your flick in. So, it's always going to be at the point before it's gone tight. The invisible box is always a bit bigger than them, but that's the that's the place they're allowed to be in. It's a bit like a tennis court, you know. As soon as you go out of bounds, you're in trouble. So the way it works is, let's think of this from the dog's point of view. Obviously, he can't see in your mind's eye this invisible box, but he's, he's going to begin to learn that as, as he goes forward to a certain point, there's a, there's a flick, a little tug on the lead. Nothing nasty, nothing painful, but just a bit of a nuisance, right? You flick, he goes, oh, blimey. So he backs off. You go, oh, good boy. And the collar feels nice and slack, the lead's slack. So you're like, well, let me get this straight. If I stay in my invisible box, the collar feels nice. He keeps telling me he loves me. All's well with the world. But if I get outside the box, that's when I get told off, in effect, in a, in a nice, calm way. So he's like, right, so step out the box, bad area. Stay in the box, happy days. Right, why wouldn't you? As your dog steps out the box... I'm not too bothered about the command you use particularly, but you, you could well say a word like no, ah, ah, or even experiment a bit. Different things work with different dogs. Some dogs, that, that hissy noise um, that you, you, you may have seen me do, that sort of thing, it can work really well with some dogs. Other dogs, I do it and they look at me and just laugh in my face. <laughs> You're doing me, but I ain't going to work. So you have to just experiment, find out what's right for your dog. But Nothing nasty, nothing shouty. It's just a sound that that basically denotes, ah, no, you've crossed the line. Always remember when they come back to the box that you need to praise them. If they're in the box, calm praise. Why calm? Because if we use excited praise, we're going to rev them up and off they go. So let me tell you a story about a man that I met uh, with a, it was a, a Labrador in Marcus Harbour in Leicestershire. Now I'm, I'm going to Called the dog Bruce to protect the innocent. Uh, and this dog pulled like you wouldn't believe. I mean, he really, really pulled very badly. And we got out, we got walking. I'm thinking, this is going swimmingly well. It's really brilliant. But as we're going, and the dog's walking nicely, I'm thinking, this chap doesn't, he, he didn't seem 
very impressed, you know, because I'm thinking, well, compared with 10 minutes ago, this is really, really good, right? I said, you're happy? And he went, oh, it's great. I couldn't be happier. I'm like, right. <laughs> I didn't look it. So, okay. So you need to praise him when he's, when he's in the box, right? So praise him when he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. And a bit further on, no praise, right? Come on, you need to praise him. So, yeah, well, yeah. And then finally, I, I stopped us and I said, "Look, why is it you're not praising him? You are pleased with the way he's doing, are you? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't be, I couldn't be happy. I mean, this is really, really good. But he had his concentration face on, if you know what I mean. And I said, but "Why aren't you praising him?" And he said, "Because I just know every time I praise him, that's it. It'll ruin it, and he'll he'll be off again like a shot." And the problem was his praise was too excited when he did try praise it was like yeah good boy bruce and that was it pop off he went <laughs> what he needed was yeah praise him but keep a lid on it good boy that's nice this is lovely in other words let's stay there let's have a nice steady calm walk we don't need to rev ourselves up which is kind of the opposite to the way it's often taught you know that we all do whoopie do praise for things like this you need nice calm praise now if you were listening to the podcast last week, I talked to a lady called Kelly who had a yellow Labrador who was sort of throwing herself at the floor, plonking herself on the floor to get love from people. And when her dog moved, Daisy, we needed her to, to, to be G'd up a little bit as she went. So as she took a couple of steps, we were using excited praise there. So if you want less movement, less activity, you want calm praise when they get it right. And if you want a bit more activity, you want a GMO, you want a bit more excited praise. Funny, isn't it? It ain't rocket science when you say it, but it's the sort of thing that often you wouldn't have thought of. Okay, so we're walking nicely now, but there are still things that are going to distract or even scare your dog. And that's the problem Sylvie from Bath is having with her golden retriever, Ruby. We own an absolutely lovely golden retriever called Ruby, who's coming up for seven months. But we've got one major issue. When we want to walk to the park or to my parents' house, which is 20 minutes down the road, we're finding that um, it's not possible because she's absolutely terrified of traffic. And it's getting to a point where it's dangerous, where she's pulled so hard. Um, I've actually had to go to the osteopath and spent about £500 so far on treatment. We've tried so many things. We've sort of obviously in the early days tried to desensitise her by listening to traffic in the garden and sort of making sure that it wasn't an issue. Sitting in a car park with the, the boot open so that we were all together just watching traffic go by. We've also tried harnesses and head collars which she hated but unfortunately we've got nowhere and we're at the point of feeling quite desperate now if you can help at all that would be fantastic okay sylvia from bath i'm very aware of my northern accent when i say that one word bath you, you have to put an r in it for me to pronounce it bath um so ruby the golden retriever bless her well sounds like she must have been born by my workings out just before the 2020 lockdown so let's think about her world she she comes to this family everything's hunky-dory starts to go out walking presumably once the vaccinations were enforced and all that good stuff not much traffic around really really quiet it was wasn't it so that's normal that's fine and then suddenly there's loads of traffic and she 
she's not used to it. So she's then reacting badly. I know you've tried lots of different things, Sylvie. So uh, the head collar in particular would probably make her feel more restricted. You know, like um, if you're scared of something and somebody tries to sort of hold you down, um, then that's going to make you a bit worse. You know, it's you feel like a sitting duck in effect. So I think there's a lot of things that you've said that are really good and you probably just need to do more of, actually, but with a bit of a system. The desensitisation is great. I think you're doing the right thing there. Going to a place that's really quiet to start with, the odd bit of traffic going by. Really, you're better off being a distance from a fairly busy road where it's fairly constant, but it's it's not so not so immediate it's not right in front of you than going to a quiet road which is quiet 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 and then a car goes past you at 100 miles an hour three feet away if you see what i mean i'm looking for a low level sort of diluted version of the problem that we can use to start training your demeanor very much needs to be eh, it's traffic yeah it's fine don't worry about it traffic's normal right if you're going to a place where there's some traffic in the distance and she's not reacting don't forget to praise her now that sounds a bit glib i hope it doesn't sound patronizing but it's often what we do because we kick into gear as soon as the problem starts right so if you're walking around and there's some traffic in the distance and you're getting nothing from her then you really should be just dropping in a little bit of calm praise the point i made earlier so she's making this connection that, okay so there's traffic over there i'm all right with it you're all right with it and you're praising me you're loving me for this this is good doing nothing is good well, even you and then of course you start to make it a little bit more tricky a bit more of a distraction which obviously is going to mean a little bit nearer if you're really struggling i think the message needs to be that it's great fun to walk so you could start your walk in a park where there's no traffic at all right everything's fine she's having a lovely time and then you can be praising that you can give her the odd treat as you go golden retrievers like labradors are usually pretty good with the treat so that's the message you know walking's great we introduce cars slowly okay another little tip for you sometimes movement i.e. you and the dog moving, is better than being stock still. So I kind of liked your idea of sat in, sat in the back of the car and everybody's just watching the traffic. Or but sometimes if she's feeling vulnerable, being still is not so good for her. So there she is, this sitting duck, can't get away, it's not so good. Just moving takes the sting out of the stress, if you know what I mean. So it's better to be somewhere where you're moving up and down with cars in the distance than you are just sat still. So often people will say, look, go find a go, go find a bench near a you know, some traffic near a road, you know, the cars are going up and down and get used to it that way. I mean, I've done that myself. Sometimes you get away with that. It's fine. But other times it's just that being stood still. That's a problem. If you've got that, keep moving. That's what I would do. Now, you already mentioned uh, a car park, and I think that's a really good idea. The, the great thing about car parks is that, that cars trundle around slowly. So that gets her used to things, as long as you're not too close to them. That means that she, she might start to look a bit braver. So the things that you need to praise are if she's sort of being brave, if she's being curious, or even if she's being indifferent. You know, cars, schmars, I'm a bothered. You know, that'd be, that'd be lovely. So car park, good idea. Be careful not to distract her from the scary cars with food now a lot, a lot of people would sell it what we need to do is is distract her away from the um the, the cars get her to look at you look at you for example and then it'll be right well it, it won't be right i'm afraid because what's going to happen is that you'll end up rewarding the scared behavior if you get your timing wrong she'll be looking at the cars going oh i'm not happy with this it's like no no no, no. there's a bit, bit of food the opposite direction darling so Probably she won't take the trees off you anyway when she's scared, but like us, we tend not to eat when we're terrified. 
But even if she does, all you'll end up doing is rewarding the wrong moment. So I, I don't think that's the right thing. If you're going to use a treat, then use it in the right way. So to recap, Sylvie from Bath. <laughs> um, I think the right thing for Ruby is to create a diluted version of the problem. You're better off a, a distance away from a busy road than being right on top of a road where a car appears from nowhere once every blue moon. You need to reward good behaviour when you get it. So if necessary, go somewhere really quiet just to get get a, a start point and then increase the difficulty as you go. Think very carefully about your timing. And if you're going to use praise, good girl, nice and calm, everything's fine. And your demeanour all the time needs to be, ah, it's traffic, it's not a biggie, it's fine. Good luck. Right, well, that's it for today. If you'd like my support or thoughts on a particular dog behaviour issue, do send a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. I always really look forward to hearing from you. I'd love it if you'd also rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And that way you can make sure you're back here in time for the next episode. Take care of yourself, your loved ones and, of course, your dog. Bye for now.